LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. You're listening to Ask Me Anything with Pastor J.D. Greer. Honest questions, quick answers. I'm your host, Todd Unzicker, and this is where J.D. Greer says, Ask Me Anything. Ask Me Anything with Pastor J.D. Greer. Honest questions, quick answers. I'm your host, Todd Unzicker. J.D., here's the question this week. What do you do if you find yourself in a toxic friendship? Yeah, that's a good question. I I think this question comes in various formats. What do you do if Yeah, J.D., this question actually came from one of our listeners. Uh, They went to jdgreer.com. They asked the question, when do you stop being someone's friend when they're negatively impacting your life? Yeah, I also hear this question from from teenagers who'll say, is it okay to be friends, best friends with non-Christians? Um, I sit here sometimes from parents who say, should I be concerned with my kid's circle of friends or mostly non-Christians? Um, I've always thought it helpful. There was a Bible teacher years ago that I heard this from. He said, you know, you got to think of friends in three different categories. Think of them like concentric circles, you know, circles within circles. Yeah. And your innermost circle is what we call the circle of intimacy. These are the people that you are just deeply united with in life and you're going through as much as you can choose them. They need to be people that are life giving to you. They need to be people that are, um, you know, that build you up uh, because you become like those people. Followers, followers of Christ. As much as you can choose it. I mean, in a family, it's a circle of intimacy and you right. can't choose, you know, members of your family, but you, um, you know, it's like uh, you become the the sum of your five closest friends. Mm. Uh, you want to see what you're going to look like in five years from now? Look at your friends today. Um, you show me your friends, and I'll show you your, your future. So that circle of intimacy, as much as you can control, it should be um, life-giving Christian friends. Out, outside of that, you got a circle of what we call um, a circle of influence. And think of this more in the just you know kind of friend where you you'll you you'll go places with them and you know each other. Not not quite acquaintance, but you know a little bit more than that. But not in that circle of intimacy. Um, I still say, generally speaking, as much as you control it. The majority of that group should be should be Christians because again you're going to become like that community. Um, but there you're going to start to you're going to start to see other um, non Christians. You're going to see people sometimes that have issues and problems that you're really walking through life with. And then outside of that, you got the circle of care, and that would be where all your acquaintances are, and those are people that you're you're investing in. And I don't mean you're not spending any time with them, but you just you're thinking of these relationships in different ways. Well, to get to the question of what do you do when something's toxic, well, it really depends on what what level of friendships they're in. If my wife and, and me are having a toxic element in our relationship, then obviously I can't walk away. I mean, we we just have to go through life together. And that's where, um, I mean, all relationships, even if they're healthy ones, have toxic elements in them. And my wife and I have had to learn to do a lot of conflict resolution over the years, as I'm sure you yes. uh, you guys have too. But it's um, you know, one of the things that's been a lifesaver for me is this principle of first center, second sin against. Uh, I, I went to marriage counseling my second the third year of marriage, and um, after pouring out all of our problems, our counselor looks at us. I'm a pastor at this point, by the way, and he says, "He says, you know, y'all's problem is neither of you really understand the gospel." And th- again, this is after you know preaching for three years. And he said, "I said, well," he said, "I said, I don't mean you don't understand the gospel." He said, "But both of you still think of yourself as primarily the one who was sinned against, and only secondly the sinner." He said, "What she, the ways that she's disappointed you, the way that she's." frustrated you they're nothing compared to what you've done with with Jesus and you're not being asked to forgive more than you've been forgiven and 
Todd, I don't know. I mean, that, just, that just changed. It showed me that that I was making my wife like meet these standards before I would give her my love as if I had a law. And if she didn't obey the law, you know, the, my own standards, then she wasn't worthy of love. And I was like, you know, God loved me when I was didn't deserve it. And that certainly ought to be reflected in how I, you know, I feel yeah. about her. Um, another principle that Jesus gave in this is um, this whole turn the other cheek uh, element, you know, where people, that's one of those misunderstood metaphors. Um, you know, people think that means like you just kind of passive aggressive, you just keep taking it. Um, the cheek in Jewish understanding was the symbol of the relationship. So when somebody's attacking your cheek, they're not trying to kill you, right? I mean, you know, no martial arts textbook I've ever seen says if you really want to, you know, hurt them, go for the cheek. Um, they're attacking the relationship. They're sinning against the relationship. So when that happens, you've got you know, two or three options. Yeah. One, you can turn the same cheek back to them, which is to just keep taking it, never confront them about the wrong and just keep taking it. Um, the second thing you can do is you can go back after their cheek. Well, you smack my cheek, I'm going to smack yours. You made me feel bad. You you know, were a jerk to me all day. I'm going to be a jerk back to you. Um, the third option, Jesus's option is you can turn the other cheek, which means I'm confronting you about the what you did wrong. That's part of turning the other cheek. I'm re-offering to you the relationship. I'm saying what you did was wrong. It harmed our relationship, but I am not going to return evil for evil, hit for hit. I'm going to re-offer this relationship based in grace. Yep. Well, that's how you would, would deal with these toxic kind of relationships. Um, you know, when you're dealing with other, um, by the way, let me just hasten to add, I do not mean in any way with that, that you should ever stay in any kind of abusive relationship. Right. There are relationships. Yeah. That are not just, you know, not just difficult. They're a, a and you need to get help. You need to get counseling. They're not just simple. They're illegal. They, that's right. It's not just immoral, right. you know, wrong behaviors. They're also illegal. And so, um, you know, if you're in a place where you feel physically threatened or, uh, you know, you just uh, you need to get help immediately right. from the police, from counselors, and and, and do that. Um, but to get back to the question at hand, all right, well, what happens when you're in these relationships with somebody who just ends up being a drain on you, um, and maybe they're in that circle of influence, or not your spouse, but they're in that circle of intimacy. extra grace required people, EGR people. That's, that's right. right. I think you have to. Well, first of all, you should realize that you know the one who had the most reason to walk away from us in exasperation was Jesus, and he never gave up on us. Um, but there were times that Jesus pulled away. And he would go off and he would rest. And he would say, he said to his disciples, when there was a long line of people ready to see him, this is in the Gospel of Mark, hey, come apart. It's interesting, you know, Mark points out that Jesus, it wasn't that everybody was done, everybody had been healed, it was that Jesus knew he had to take care of, of himself. And I think there's definitely a role where you've got to say, how can I be healthy and how can I pour out to people? And that means setting boundaries, wise boundaries. I won't let you do this, I won't let you say this. You know, I always love pointing out that um, Jesus laid down his life for us, but he pointed out, nobody takes this from me. I lay it down on my own, which means I'm not a doormat people walk on. I, yes, I want to give sacrificial love. I want to go to the cross, but it's, I have to do that in a way that I know is sustainable in a way that really helps you and doesn't just enable and empower you. There's some great resources out there. Our own pastoral counselor, Brad Hambrick mm -hmm. has written a lot of really good stuff on this. And, um, you know, just him and you can access that through, through my website, yep. just type in Brad Hamrick and, you know, you can find out some really good, re like some even more practical things about what to do when you feel like you're in an unhelpful or a toxic relationship. JD, I want you to sum up the exact, you know, just what you think is when someone should stop being someone's friend who is a toxic, you know, relationship or a drain. But before you answer that, I want, uh, encourage our listeners to find out about some of those resources Pastor J.D. was just mentioning, you can do that at jdgreer.com. Uh, I want to also encourage you to go to uh, Apple Podcasts or iTunes, leave a rating, uh, write a review. This helps others discover the podcast. 
Uh, you can text the letters JD to 888-111, and that's going to enter your name into a drawing where you can win a bundle of JD's resources and books that he's been referencing in this podcast. But JD, go ahead and let us know, uh, how would you know when to stop being someone's friend that's uh, a toxic relationship? So you want a quicker answer than the quick e- answer. Even quicker. Uh, even quicker. Okay. Honest questions, not abusive, quicker answers. Number one, not abusive. Not Get abusive. out of an abusive relationship. Um, number two, where you're not enabling or empowering. Sometimes in a desire to help somebody, you can continue to enable their behavior and empower that. I don't have time to unpack the fullness of that, but that the, the third one is when you are having to give more resources to this than you feel called to do because of your other relationships or or more than you can sustainably do. I'm a dad and I'm a husband. And if I were to give all of my energy and all of my emotional bandwidth to somebody just because they keep demanding it, I'm actually robbing my wife and my kids and even my God of the things that I need to reserve for them. So you want to be generous with it, but you want to do it in a way that is sustainable and, and a way that God has laid out for you to be a help to somebody. There you go with honest questions, quick answers, Ask Me Anything with Pastor J.D., part of the LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. Uh, you can also check out other podcasts like 5LQ with my friends Todd Adkins and Daniel M. They're going to provide you with practical leadership takeaways that you can implement this week. Um, they ask five questions to five different guests on a particular topic or a book. And so if you're a leader, you're serving in the church, outside the church, uh, in your place of work, this podcast is for you. 5LQ, part of the LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. I am your host of Ask Me Anything with J.D. Greer. My name is Todd Unzicker, and we'll see you next time on the podcast.